Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. What's going on? Joining me as always this evening, we've got from North Carolina, Trey Barrett. What's up, man? Happy to be here tonight. Talk a little. Man, the NFL's crazy. Holy cow. What is going on? Go home, NFL. You're drunk. <laughs> That's right. And joining us from Minneapolis, Minnesota, we've got Will Greenwood. Howdy, folks. <laughs> That doesn't sound like you're from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm sure it does. Outskirts. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's just jump right into the show. I, I'm Roto, at Roto Librarian Ryan Livergood in uh, the Chicago area, where home of the NFC North leading Chicago Bears, at least for one more week, thanks to that amazing defense. Guys, Ryan McDowell tweeted this week, players that have finished as top 12 scorers at their position in all three games. So at QB, you've got Fitzmagic and Mahomes, running backs, Gurley, Saquon, Camara, wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, and Titans, Zach Ertz, and Kyle Rudolph. So when we look back at the end of the year, we're going to see some of these names, different names. Is there anybody that's obviously missing? A guy like Travis Kelsey comes to mind for me. He had that bad week one, but the last two weeks has been phenomenal. So what do we think of these names? Yeah, the biggest name that's missing for me, and it's at that same position, man, is Rob Gronkowski. I mean, like everyone this year, Rob Gronkowski for the last couple of years has kind of drifted out of that, you know, first round range for redraft. You know, he's more like a late second, early third round pick. And coming into this season, no Edelman to start the year. I mean, Rob Gronkowski was like this massive, I mean, he's been uber disappointing. But, you know, potentially for, for your redraft teams, man, he's a guy maybe you could go out and buy. Um, so he, he's probably the first guy that, you know, jumps out to me that's, that's not on this list that I think come to the end of the season, you know, some, some regression will happen. That's a good observation. I think about Gronk being not being on the list, but you're right. He has disappointed the past few weeks. And maybe he is a, a guy in a redraft you could go out and buy. That's, that's a great call, Trey. Maybe even, even in, maybe in Dynasty. I mean, honestly, because, you know, he's, no, it's true. He, he's been cheaper the last, uh, you know, year or two because yeah, yeah, everybody's like, you know, he's right at the end. So, I mean, if the team that owns Gronkowski starts to fall out of contention, I mean, he, he's a guy that could, especially once Edelman comes back and Sonny Michelle's, I mean, this, you guys know this Patriots offense is not going to stay down the entire year. Um, and, and Rob Gronkowski is going to be a, a major beneficiary. So, he, and he's had some tough matchups. I mean, don't forget, yep, the, the Jacksonville defense they just played, the Houston defense week one, um, and the Lions. Uh, and the Lions. The, I mean, the Lions just played a really great game. So, I, I you know, anyway, definitely, even in Dynasty, Gronkowski could be a buy. Lions held George Kittle um, week two as well. Um, Will Greenwood. What do you think about this list? Any, anything that stands out in your mind? Uh, I think one is, is Mike Evans wasn't supposed to be a wide receiver one for the first three weeks, each and every week. He's supposed to be inefficient. He's supposed to be bad. He's supposed to be lazy route runner. And he's looked crisp. He's looked clean. He's looked good. So congrats, Mike Evans. We're turning around. Uh, obviously, Fitz, Fitz Magic is a, is a huge shock because, one, we didn't really know going into the season that – Winston was going to be suspended, like as far as a, a long way out. And, you know, what, what if the, the, it just finishes this way and this is the number one and two? 
but switch the names around. The running backs, I think, are, are totally predictable. Yeah, I, I think what I was going to say, in addition to Kelsey not being here, is a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Seems like he belongs on the list or will at the end of the year. He's going to have a lot of good weeks. We saw him week three do it on the ground versus what he's been doing it you know, through the air with receptions. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to keep coming back to this list and seeing what happens. How, how many targets does Kyle Rudolph have through the year right now? You guys know off the top of your head? I've thought about it, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's amazing. I think Kyle Rudolph is, is kind of one of the guys that might be an outlier on the list. It looks like he has 16, Will, if, if I'm looking at the right thing. Okay, yeah. He has 18. He so only has 16 six, targets? Only 16 targets. He, but he had one catch for a touchdown in the first game. And since then, it's just, you know, and you saw the way the Vikings played in comeback mode and then just horrible against the, the, the Buffalo Bills. So the fact that Rudolph is right there, I think, is very, very shocking. Well, let's just be honest. Being a tight end one's not that, you know, not the same as being a, a quarterback one, a running back one, or wide receiver one. It just isn't. I mean, you, you know, they're the, there's, there's those top three or four or five guys, and after that, it's literally a crapshoot. I mean, it does speak to the consistency, but, you know, I mean, he, he's I, – I, I have to imagine that most of his weeks have been probably like tight end eight to 12. Like, he's been at the very back end of that. Yeah, and Ertz is up there with no touchdown catches. So, so you kind of have—I feel like you have some opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, there's some weird names on the that tight end list for the season. You know, Will Disley number three, Jesse James number four, Jared Cook number five. So tight end is just—you know—it's it's no fun, no no bueno for for fantasy. Guys, why don't we move on? Because we've got a lot to talk about tonight, and what we want to do is we want to get into a segment we're calling some sort of buys is what we put on the show sheet. I guess we're going to talk about buys essentially. These are guys that, um, you know, we, we talked about what are we going to talk tonight? You know, what, what subject we're going to discuss on the show. And it's probably a little too early to get too aggressive with, you know, trade shaking up your leagues, but you should definitely be, you know, active and trying to, to, to make deals. And we've identified some guys we think might be good buys. So, Will, do you want to start us off? Yeah, one. So, some sort of buys. Uh, what well, it's, it's the the trends that you've seen in the past, and now we're going to go through week four this uh, after this this week that we go through, and that's a quarter of the fantasy season. This is a big deal. This is a uh, it matters how people are performing and what they're doing and what you've seen in the past. And so, my number one person that I wanted to talk about, and I talked about it before, and he started still last year was Jameson Crowder. So they're going into their buy this week. And I think he is uber cheap in Dynasty and in Redraft. I've seen him drop in some places. And Jameson Crowder just doesn't start all that fast normally. And this happened last year. And it actually carried on for a little while longer. So if you have Jameson Crowder, maybe wait it out a couple more weeks and, and see how it's going to progress. Because starting after, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, after, like week seven on, Jameson Crowder was awesome to have on your team. And, and he was a great asset to have throughout the rest of the season. So don't give up on a player because their first three weeks have been poor, even if their fourth one goes, goes badly. And I think Crowder right now is a good example of how things can go very poorly for a wide receiver. Do you guys know who um, is the, the Redskins wide receiver that leads the team and targets the most targets among wide receivers? How many targets they have through three games? I, I don't. I was thinking one of the things I was going to say to Will is I don't think Jameson Crowder has a lot of targets so far. That makes me nervous. I have no idea who has the most targets. 
Trey? Well, I will tell you, it's Paul Richardson. Do you want to know how many targets Paul Richardson has? Let me tell you, it's 13. The leader, <laughs> the, the leader on the team in targets is Chris Thompson with 22. Jordan Reed has 17. And Paul Richardson, through three NFL games, is leading the Redskins wide receivers in targets with 13. So somebody is going to need to step up there for Washington when uh, I, I think we both know, uh, both know, I think we all three know that uh, there's a pretty good possibility Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed are not going to both be playing 16 games this year. Yeah, it, it, you got to give Crowder some uh, um, credit for consistency. Four targets every game this year. So <laughs> you got to hope that number goes up. But, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily hate it. And, and you are right, Will, because, you know, last year when he started, he started off kind of middling. And then towards the middle of the year, he had some games where he had 13 targets, 11 targets, 8 targets, 10 targets. So I, I can see it. I don't, I don't necessarily love Crowder, but it's, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to think. Like, what do you, what do you give? What do you trade for, for Jameson Crowder? What do, you, what do you think he's worth? What would you give up? Yeah, I mean, you don't think somebody's going to trade him right now for a second? For for 2019, yeah, I think I think so. If I'm a Crowder owner, I'd probably consider it. If he's just a guy on my bench, and if you need a receiver and you think you have a contending team and you need that that kind of extra piece, like you have a suffering, uh, like you know, kind of wide receiver core right now that you that you need something to add for, uh, a second might be they may even feel like that they're winning that deal. But this is the the slow start for Crowder isn't new. I think you could almost, if they're not a contender, I think you could almost get a second and get a third back. Or a fourth back. Give. I think I said get a second. I, th- I think you could. If they're getting to the point where they're ready to throw in the towel. You know, unfortunately, if they're a contender, I don't know that they'll do it for a second. But um, I think that that's a, a reasonable call. Yeah, it just depends on your roster and everything like that. But I like it. I yeah. some crowd at. Some crowd at. <laughs> All right. Trey, who, what guy do you want to start us off with? Who's your... Uh, buy when when I guess you want to buy. Well, I'm going to actually just lump in a whole bunch of guys here. And and these guys are all going to continue to be buys. So be patient, maybe just kind of put out feelers. Um, And that's essentially rookies that you believed in that have not yet produced. And, and, you know, Darius guys would be one of these with the injury, but I think probably his value is a little more insulated guys like Christian Kirk. I know he just had a little bit of production this last week. DJ Moore is probably at the top of this list for me because it was taken in the first round and he's really just not seen that, that much production at all. Um, and then I still really like Rashad Penny, Nick Chubb, um, and to a lesser extent, Ronald Jones. If you can get any of those guys, if, if there's, you know, if you look at a team and they've got DJ Moore or they've got Rashad Penny um, or Nick Chubb and they're one and two and you look at their starting lineup and you're like, man, this, these are guys, right? Those guys were probably taken, you know, early to mid. Um, first round. So if you're looking at these teams and they look like they should be contenders and, you know, there, there's some potential, or if they're two and one or three and oh, even, I mean, man, th- there's an opportunity that you could take a guy like, I mean, maybe you could take a guy like Carlos Hyde and swap him out. I mean, Carlos Hyde's put up some reasonable production and I don't think there's any reason to believe that's not going to continue. Maybe you could turn Carlos Hyde into, into DJ Moore or into Nick Chubb. Um, which I think for the long run, um, especially if you don't feel like you've got a team that's built to win this year, I, I love that deal. So I, I think that those, those rookies that haven't really done much, um, but, but that were high draft capital, high, 
high, um, not just in fantasy, but in, in the real NFL. I particularly like the call on, on Christian Kirk and uh, DJ Moore, because I think some of those wide receivers might've gone later in the first, or early in the second. I think it's probably harder to pry Penny away or Nick Chubb or, or, or even, even Rojo, but it's certainly worth trying. I mean, you, you never know. And, and you're right. It depends on, on who drafted those players. So if, if you've got someone that's three and O and they have Nick Chubb and they have Penny on their bench, not doing anything for them, they may want to make a move. They may be like, okay, I want to get aggressive now. I want to, I want to trade, you know, these guys and, and another piece for, for, you know, an older asset. Maybe they want to do that for like an AJ green or something. So um, yeah, no, I, I like that. I think those are, those are definitely guys to but at least, you know, inquire. It doesn't hurt. Well, what do you think? What do you think about these, these rookies that uh, I think it's worth, uh, you know, you know, calling the owner and saying, Hey, what, what do you think? Hey, steal. Hey, hey you want to trade with me? <laughs> Let me give you some Carlos Hyde in your pocket. Uh, I, yeah, my, my experience is that people through week three are still holding on tight. I think these are great names to earmark in your leagues. The first guy, and adding to that list, another guy I put a, as a bonus player to talk about, I put a guy like Dante Pettis, who probably went in the second round, who now if, if you know someone is a contender and they have him on their roster and Beathard's coming into play, they, they might be willing to let Pettis go to <coughs> acquire a veteran that can help them. So I've got on this list, and I don't know that he is going to be necessarily a guy you can acquire at a discount, but I, I've got Sammy Watkins is the, the first guy I want to talk about because I put in the show notes the cheapest elite weapon in the Chiefs offense, question mark. I think despite that TD last week, there still might be some frustrated Sammy owners out there. And I know there are some people that have Sammy that are Sammy truthers are not going to give them up for anything. But I think there might be a couple of owners in leagues that you know, have Sammy and they've been kind of disgusted with holding him over you know, the past couple of years. And now that he's shown a spark and is in this Kansas City offense, they're going to see it as an opportunity to move on. Um, and it's, it's going to be league-to-league, uh, under-specific. And I just want pieces of that Kansas City offense. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I don't need to explain why. So that's my guy, Sammy Watkins. And, and, and I, again, I think this is going to be league-specific. And I think there, some of you may be listening and, and be thinking, maybe you're one of those Sammy truthers. Maybe you're like Trey, and you're like, there's no way, Ryan, I'm going to give up Sammy Watkins at this point. Um, but I think there might be a couple of owners out there. I think it's worth at least inquiring. What do you, what do you guys think? Sammy Watkins is a guy I want to try to buy. I, I like the call, but I, and, and actually when you mentioned this, I, I had to look cause I wasn't completely sure. So he scored 19 and 18 and a half points each of the last two weeks in full PPR. So I think maybe what you might have to do is wait for a down week or a couple down weeks. Um, because I think right now, you know, recency bias is huge, you know, um, yeah. that, like I, in, in one league where, and I was going to, you know, I wanted to kind of move AJ green and, and I waited a week too long. Right. He, he, had a three touchdown week uh, in week two and then week three hurts his groin. So it's like uh, there's, you know, opportunities that can present themselves from week to week never hurts to inquire. And, and sometimes I feel like, you know, some of the deals that I've done in the past I, were on guys that I inquired on and the owner was like not interested. And then two weeks later um, they come back and they're like, Hey, I, I'd, I'd be willing to move Sammy Watkins now if you'd, if you'd like. So, you know, I mean, obviously week one, he put up a stinker, um, but weeks two and three, you know, he put a pretty awesome production. So I, I'd say you're a little more likely, I think, to to get a better deal um, if he has a down week. Um, you know, if he if he doesn't put up a great week this week, but never hurts to inquire. I like the call. I like. I think 
I think it's very promising that Sam, I think Sammy Watkins is going to produce in Kansas City. So right now on the table, uh, what would you want uh, with Sammy Watkins to get Amari Cooper? Or would you just make that deal straight up? So you're offering me Amari Cooper for – you're trying to get Sammy? Yeah, and, and, and I'm like, well, I, I see you know, Amari is worth more. What would you add to Sammy to get Amari Cooper, or would you add anything? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't think I would trade them straight up because I think Amari Cooper is still more valuable. But maybe, I don't know, maybe like a Philip Lindsay. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here off the top of my head. Does somebody like that, like one of those satellite backs, if someone needs running back help, would that get it done? I, I mean, we could start there. Maybe that's maybe that's not nearly enough, but um, but if you're the Amari Cooper owner, maybe you're just like, oh, this is not going well. His his value is tanking. I really need to get out from under me. But so if I can get Sammy Watkins, who I think is going to emerge as at least a wide receiver too, and a guy like Philip Lindsay, who might be the running back one in Denver, you might do that deal as a Cooper owner. You might, maybe not. Man, just, I, just curious. I think Amari Cooper is such a, a hot button item. <laughs> and yeah, he, he's tough. I, I mean, I. I, I would I would not feel – I mean, Sammy Watkins is a guy right now that I feel completely comfortable putting in my wide receiver two spot or my flex spot without question. And, you know, he, he's not really been hyper-targeted. Not, nothing that he's doing right – it's not like he's caught two touchdowns like in games he did last year. There's nothing he's doing that points to this not being sustainable. I mean, he's an integral part of the best offense in the NFL right now, the best passing offense in the NFL right now. And um, I think that he's likely to be a wide receiver, um, a target in the red zone, uh, as opposed to Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is going to have the long touchdowns, but when they're at the 10-yard line, the 9-yard line, I think it's going to be Kelsey and Sammy. So I don't think it's unreasonable for him to have 10 receiving touchdowns. Um, and, and so I think right now, for me, even in Dynasty, I would prefer to hold on to Sammy Watkins. I don't think I would want to move from Sammy Watkins to Amari Cooper, almost even if it's straight up. I'm really worried about Amari Cooper, completely honest. He's incredible talent, but Oakland is in bad shape. I don't know that Derek Carr is really the quarterback of the future there. I mean, I, I just – major concerns. He's got incredible potential to put up ridiculous numbers, but if – I mean, if I'm not contending this year, I might consider it a little bit more, but I think I would rather have the – what I feel like is going to be a little bit more consistent floor with uh, Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Cause we're hearing the same stories again and again about Amari Cooper, right? At some point, you know, so it's, you know, he's like, he's only, you know, what is he, is he younger than Calvin Ridley or something? Like he's only, I have to look it up 23. He's only 24 years old. He's still growing as he's a like player. 16, so he's got a lot to grow into. <laughs> uh, so, but, but Sammy Watkins, the first game of the year had three catches for 16 yards. On, on five targets. You know, it's not like he was lighting the world or sorry for 21 yards as long as 16. It's not like he was lighting the world on fire against the chargers. And then they went into Pittsburgh, which we've now found out that the Pittsburgh defense is awful. Uh, and he had hundred yards receiving on, on seven targets. And Mahomes lit them up pretty hard with a bunch of touchdowns, but he didn't get any of them. And then he, they went into San Francisco. And now this is the game where gravel gets hurt and he has that touchdown, but he had, you know, five catches for 55 yards, eight targets. So, are, are you? This is kind of like riding the high of Sammy Watkins, like you saw in the first game. Kind of where his his low is is when this offense is figuring itself out, or when they're when maybe when they're heading against the Chargers and they're they kind of boat race those guys. He wasn't an integral part of that. You know, he only had 21 yards, and that in watching that game, he wasn't a big part of that. So you've had two really good games, 
And now are we riding this high too hard with Watkins? No, I, I think it's going to be like you can Tyreek Hill last game. He, he didn't have an exceptional game. So you look at targets. Kelsey's got 26 targets this year. Watkins has 20. Tyreek Hill has 19. So Sammy Watkins is, is one of the, the playmakers on offense. He's going to get targeted. He's, I mean, I think there's going to be some boom-bust weeks, but I, I think he's an integral part of the offense for sure. I mean, I think that the numbers so far bear that out. Uh, yeah, he hasn't scored the, the touchdowns that um, some of the other guys have. But, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Watkins. I'm feeling much better as a Sammy Watkins owner in multiple leagues than I was, um, you know, after week one, needless to say. Yeah. And I think he had, I, I think Sammy had five or six, he had five or six um, targets in that, in that opening week game. And and I think that, you know, um, that was, that was like literally within the first 10 minutes of the game, I think they, the chiefs were up 14 to nothing because Tyree kill first touch of the, of the season returned a punt for the, for a touchdown. And then, I think the very next possession had a long touchdown pass. So, you know, I, I think that they, like you said, they kind of boat raced him. Um, Sammy didn't have the production, but he was being targeted. And, and like Ryan already said, I mean, he, he's been targeted more than Tyree Kill. And, and I think some of the things I'm seeing, you know, they're using him. He's getting some rushes. He's, he, he, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's looked really, really good. And even with three catches, 21 yards, I mean, that's almost what Amari Cooper put up in week one and week three combined. Um, I mean, his, his, you know, good game that that he's had this year was the 10 catches and you know 100 and something yards um still hasn't scored a touchdown and uh i i just don't i don't know that i believe and i mean you know the other thing is is long term i mean you know there's a lot of youth there's a a, a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract and uh i i just i like the next two or three years for sammy watkins the 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 next two or three years in oakland look pretty scary Let's move on. A lot of Sammy Watkins talk there. Polarizing guy. Um, Will, who who is your uh, who's your, who's your other? Guy? We're probably going to talk about two each. Maybe we'll throw some rapid fire guys out there. But who, who's your who's your last guy? Oh, last guy. Uh, well, the one I just want to talk quickly about is James Conner. Are we undervaluing his future with the Steelers? Just have seen. I looked it up on the on Dynasty League Football. The most recent trade that was logged on there was him going for a first round pick. So I would. Uh, right now, if I were a contending team, and maybe even just like a team that I think is a contending team but missing one running back, I would give a first-round pick and a heartbeat for James Conner. Uh, the other one would be Brandon Cooks. So he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, and if you haven't been paying attention to the games, if you've just been reading, he's had he's had good stats, but not not huge targets. I feel like in but big yards. Uh, Brandon Cooks has kind of been the non-touchdown guy on the Rams, and I feel and even though his price has gone slightly higher. I think this is your best point to buy Brandon Cooks on a large contract in LA. I, I love this Cooks call. Um, he has 25 targets. Um, and I'm going to talk about the some more LA Rams here in a second. But yeah, th- this might be a good chance to get Cooks. I, I mean, this may be your, your last chance before he really explodes. He's certainly a big part of that offense. That's a high-octane offense. And Cooks, he has a history of doing this, right? He just gets disrespected. Yeah, it's kind of alarming he's moved around year to year, but... I, I'm with you, man. This is this is probably the number one guy of all the guys we're talking about for me to like try to to make some offers and get him because I think the future is bright for Brandon Cooks. Like, I, well, I pay Mari Cooper for Brandon Cooks right now in Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, me too. I just too. don't think right? I just so I just don't know that you'd get him. I mean, he's wide receiver 16 right now, full PPR, 14, 22.9, and 16 points. 
Uh, he's wide receiver 16, and he has zero touchdowns. And we know the touchdowns are going to come. So I, I, he's another guy that I just think you'd have a hard time. Um, if, if I'm the Amari, if I'm the Brandon Cooks owner right now, and you come and uh, offer me Amari Cooper, there's no way I'm even entertaining it. Even if Amari Cooper's value is greater. I mean, you know, Brandon Cooks is a high in wide receiver too, as far as current production. And he's not even maximized his potential. So I don't know. I, the, I'd be interested to see, you know, um, maybe we can, can, can talk uh, and, and look later in the MFL trade finder or the, the DLF trade finder and see, you know, what some recent deals are um, for him. I do like the James Conner call. I, I, th- I think that, you know, he's going to have some, some, some real value. He, he's really, his rushing the last two weeks has, has been kind of poor. Um, but you know, he's, I mean, he's caught five balls each of the first three weeks. So he's being used in the passing game as well. I just think we've already misread this Le'Veon Bell situation so far. What, you know, in moving to the future, do you see Le'Veon even playing for the Steelers this year, even if, when he comes back and they have to pay him, I'm just very interested to see how it happens. I don't think it's happening. Yeah. So at this point in time, are are they they just committing to James Conner? Are they just using him for this year? And then they'll see if they can get a running back, you know, next year in the draft class but i think this could be i mean again his price is 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 higher and these are kind of a couple of buy high guys but i don't see it going lower from this point on this season yeah no i like this call and the more i think about it the more i like james connor as a dynasty asset because you're you're right what what incentives do the steelers have I, i just can't see them using a high draft pick on a running back when they have so many needs look at the defense man they gotta like spend all their draft picks on defense so they've got this guy under a great contract. So I think James Conner's the answer in Pittsburgh for a while, at least the next couple of years. So um, I'm, I'm going to move on and, and piggyback on your uh, Cook's call uh, because I, I, I like the idea of seeing what you can do to acquire LA Rams offensive skill position players. And I think Cook's is probably a tough guy to get. Um, I think Cooper Cup is also a hard guy to acquire because of his age. He's, he's had, seen 21 targets in offense. But Robert Woods, and, and may, maybe after last week he had a big game, and this is this is recency bias is going to change his value. He leads the Rams with 29 targets. He's got 29 targets. Cooks has 25. Cup has 21. Um, Robert Woods is tied for 12th in the league in terms of number of targets he's seen. Um, so, but but looking in Dynasty Trade Finder last week, you could get Robert Woods for Miller and uh, Lamar Miller and Dante Moncrief. No, excuse me, no, not Lamar Miller, Anthony Miller and Dante Moncrief. Um, there was a trade just on Tuesday. You could get Robert Woods for James Washington in the 2019 second. I don't know about you guys, but if I'm, especially if I'm a contender, I would trade James Washington in the 2019 second for Robert Woods. So I don't know. I, I think those Rams players are interested in, in, you know, k- kicking the tires or not kicking the tires, but inquiring with their owner, Jared Goff. I think I might've been wrong on him. I think he's, he may be a value still. If you're looking long-term Gerald Everett, I think is a guy you can get for nothing. I think you need to pick up Malcolm Brown. If he's available out there, he might be on a, in a, in a shallower league dynasty wa- waiver wire. If heaven forbid, Tardy Gurley gets hurt. So, um, but the main guy I think here is Robert Woods. What, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think um, um, he, he's a guy you want to target right now? Yeah, he is. I, and it's so unfortunate because I had made a couple inquiries in dynasty leagues on Robert Woods um, prior to week three and was going out of town for the weekend, kind of let it go. And of course he had the blow up because he, after week two, like if you look at his actual opportunity report, <clears throat> should have scored a lot more fancy points. He was 
I think number one in the NFL in air yards through two weeks and his fancy production did not match that. And so um, I, I wanted to try and buy him. And so of course, after his blow up game, that might be tough, but yeah, I do. I think it's worth, again, kind of like with Watkins, Ryan, you know, maybe just give it away. I mean, people have short memories. It doesn't matter if the guy scores 25 points or however many points he scored, you know, let him have a, a two for 20 week. And yeah, uh, maybe the Vikings shut him down this week. Yep. So, yeah. so I think, I think it, it could just be something to keep an eye and um, doesn't hurt to touch base with the owner now. Especially after a Thursday night game, which are, I mean, I know the Rams were involved in a high flying one last year, I think against the, the Niners, but the, the Rams have two hurt cornerbacks. We'll see if Marcus Peters played. I can see them slowing down the game. Uh, McVay's a smart coach. He's going to try to run this game as best as possible so that they can win. So I think Robert Woods after this week could be a great, great buy candidate. You can't, you can't go out and offer it right now after 10 catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns. That owner's going to want to ransom. Yeah. Because that's, that's what they should want. They, you don't want to sell when some dude just came off two touchdowns. I mean, he just won you your week. And so you're you're gonna sell a winner away for for his uh you know maybe below or at market value. So yeah, very true. I I guess the, the maybe the takeaway here is after Thursday night, if the Vikings shut any of these wide receivers down, maybe maybe I'm I'm sending out some offers because because I that's the thing. If you if you look at the you know wide receiver cores, it's basically the L.A. Rams and the Detroit Lions. I think if you own any of those top three wide receivers. Um, you know, you know, obviously with Detroit, the guy in dynasty to get, I think is Galladay at this point, uh, you know, Tate is older and Marvin Jones. I, I, you know, I don't know if you want to invest in him as a dynasty asset, but these Rams receivers, uh, you know, that they're, they're exciting. Uh, Trey, wh- wh- who's your last guy? So my last guy is actually, again, kind of similar to my first one collection of guys. These are quarterbacks that are just being massively disrespected right now. And the, the guy at the very top of the list is Dak Prescott. The guy's been a quarterback one each of the last two seasons. You know, we had Caleb Pearson on the show a while back, big Dak supporter, was a big fan of Dak coming into this year. And uh, I am amazed at the Twitter polls that I'm seeing with Dak Prescott being compared to Josh Allen, with Dak Prescott being compared to other quarterbacks. I mean, I think that you could legitimately buy this guy for like quarterback 18 to 20 prices and dynasty and in super flex leagues i'm all about that because i know that it might not return value this year but long-term value i love buying dak prescott they're going to get things figured out in dallas zeke's going to be there for a few years um, there's likely going to be a coaching change if they continue to look as bad as they have and the other guys are Mariota and winston if for some reason the bucks decide to stick with ryan fitzpatrick which i do not anticipate if they do, I am buying Jameis Winston everywhere I can get him because he is going to go to some incredible situation. Someone, some NFL franchise is going to – I think he's going to stay with the Bucs. But um, – and Marcus married the same thing. It's just been a, a bad, bad start to the year for a lot of reasons. So I think all three of those guys are guys I'd be putting feelers out there. Um, if you've got someone like Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, who's tearing it up right now, and in Dynasty, you can flip to one of those younger guys. Maybe you're not really that great of a contender uh, or you're ready to start moving towards the look, in, look into the future. Man, I would love to flip Rivers or Roethlisberger for one of those younger guys that I think is still a top 12, top 15 Dynasty asset at quarterback. I, I like it. I, I don't have anything to add. Will? 
I'm I'm kind of out on Dak, and I don't think that I'd be trying to buy him even even if it was low. The Dak owner probably has some investment in him, and unless unless it's super low, uh, the Cowboys franchise they they had an opportunity to put talent around him, and they they have Allen Hearns and whatever the rest of the wide receiver core is. It's not a you know you you invest in situations of what these quarterbacks are in, like Patrick Mahomes and things like that. Do you, do you see the Cowboys turning this around at any point in time before Dak's going to be actually like he's going to be a, a league winner? Is he going to do anything for you that, that's special that you're going to be happy about? That's my problem with Dak because I just don't want him. They could. I, I mean, we saw that with the, the Rams with, uh, you know, went from what a couple of, what, it was not last year or the year before. They were awful. And then Jared Goff had a great year. So, yeah, in the NFL, new, new coaching staff can come in and change things quickly. Although maybe it's like a Tennessee or a Chicago Bears situation and it, and it doesn't happen overnight. So anyway, they, I think we've seen it with Dak. I think the thing with Dak is you've seen it. You've seen him put up big numbers. You've seen him be a good quarterback. So that's, that's what I think he's passed the eye test. So we've, we've seen it. Same with Marcus Mariota. He's shown flashes. So, but guys, we got to move on. We got to get into our hot, bold, spicy takes of the week. Loyal listeners know we've got five levels. We've got banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty carolina reaper so the two joes are going to assign heat levels based on the the take of the the joe that gives the the take i think loyal listeners know how this works um looking back to week three i don't think any of us had it you know i I had the the colts going into philly and beating the defending champions um they they gave a valid effort and i and i won some money on betting on the game because the colts covered but they did not win so i lost that one Trey Antonio Callaway, top 15 wide receiver. Man, it could have happened if um, um, that game would have gone differently. So that was a good call. And, and Will got part of his parlay. He called Ty- Tyra Taylor getting benched or getting knocked out of the game. That happened. Uh, and Sonny Michelle being a top five running back, half point PPR. Sonny ha- certainly had the opportunity. I know it kills but, me because he, he had the chance. Oh, it's not it, was not, <laughs> it was He's not on meant the field to be. for those top five, 0.5 PPR running back touches. Just didn't do it. So, you know, I, I think we've been good with our takes, but we're all uh, sitting on the board at zero. So I'm just going to be quick because we're not out of time. Um, assuming A.J. Green plays, Cincinnati goes into Atlanta and beats the Mighty Falcons. They're five-point uh, road underdogs on bet DSI. So I bet that – my, my take is that Cincinnati's going to go into Atlanta. They're going to win, and I'm going to take the over on the game. 51 and a half points. That's my hot bullet spicy take of the week. And there's your parlay to bet on. It's a pseudo parlay. I mean, I'm going to let you start, Will. Yeah, I'll go. I mean, the over and taking them. I'm going to go. I'm going to go habanero. I don't think that's that hot as far as the, the grand scale of things. Just because the Atlanta defense sucks. And I, I don't think they're going to win. But I mean, I don't know. I'm like. The, the Falcons are beat up in, in multiple positions, so. All right, yeah, the Atlanta defense is certainly beat up. Trey? Yeah, I, I think that I was I, I was considering jalapeno. Um, <laughs> I, Ouch. I'll, I'll do habanero. It's only one level lower than what Will said, I, I, but I'll do, I'll do jalapeno. I, I think the over hits on this game, you know, pretty easily because of the, de- the decimation for the Falcons on defense, but I'm, I'm cool with that. I'll do um, – I'll do habanero. Okay, habanero. Two habaneros. Lock it in. Okay, great. Trey, you're next. All right. So my uh, 
spicy prediction for the week is that uh, in the uh, Bears Bucks showdown in uh, four point passing touchdown leagues, I'm going to, I predict that Mitchell Trubisky will outperform Ryan Fitz Magic no longer. <laughs> and the Bears beat the Bucks, cover the spread in what I feel like is going to be a coming out party for the Bears offense. Oh, wow. So Bears beat Bucks, they cover the spread, and then you're three. saying Trub- So they win, by, okay. they win by more than three. And so you're, sa- you're saying more fantasy points in a four point pat. Will you use League of Ballers as the determining factor? Okay, much more fantasy points than uh, Fitz, Fitz Magic. Well, I want Will, you got to go first. Yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm just gonna go uh, Habanero because I feel like those are congruent with each other. I, I have to go, I have to go Ghost Pepper on this. I mean, really? Uh, like, yeah. part, no, part of me, okay, listen, Stevens is so me, bad. How, how, how about the, the, uh, Trubisky's so bad. Have you seen him play? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their Arizona defense is not exactly a elite defense in the NFL. So um, Trubisky has been bad, made poor decisions. And I know Fitz, Fitzpatrick will make some bad decisions, but I, I think, come on, saying that, that, that Mitch is going to outscore Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm not saying it's, it's Carolina Reaper, but ghost pepper. All right. Give me this, this quick game scenario. The Bears want to slow down this game because they want to slow down the best quarterback in the NFL besides Patrick Mahomes. So, and they want to let their, you know, their defense can dictate it. They're going to run the ball. Uh, Trubisky is going to have some great throws because of the way the defense on there. They lost a starter in Chris Conti because he got knocked out by Vance McDonald. Anyway, sorry. I just you're, – you're, The game flow of that is more leads <laughs> to this happening than, than what I'd be comfortable with Ghost Pepper. But I guess I can go Ghost Pepper. I'll do it anyway. Parlay. Uh, okay. So okay. I tried to get the guys to talk me out of this. Uh, but I want to go – this is a parlay. So Vikings beat the Rams tomorrow on the road because the Rams are way more beat up than the Vikings are, even though Everson Griffin went crazy. Uh, the two corners aren't playing. I think that they're going to turn some of the rounds in a couple good days of practice. Here we go. Uh, Nick Chubb gets his first touchdown, and the Browns win by double digits at the Raiders. And wow, hail, and the whole football world collapses into chaos because Baker Mayfield becomes our idol. That's that's Carolina Reaper. Well, this you're rid of the heat each week. That that's great. So, Vikings win on the road. Uh, Chubb gets his first TD. The the Browns win by double, double digits at at Oakland. So, uh, Trey, what do you got? What do you what do you want to call that? Oh, that's a Carolina Reaper, no doubt. It would almost be a Carolina Reaper alone if it was just one of the two game calls for the Vikings to beat the Ram on the road and uh, the Browns to win by double digits at the Raiders. So with uh, combining those two and Chubb getting a touchdown, uh, it's a no-brainer. Baker's Carolina leading Reaper. that Browns team. Not that defense is good. The Raiders are bad. They're going into they're going into Oaktown and they're taking them down. The Rams are going sixteen and zero. No, they lost. Notes, they lost too many players last week. On those notes, we got to sign off. We are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us at FF Joes on Twitter. Uh, join us on Patreon. We just recorded a Patreon show before this show. Patreon.com slash Fantasy Joes. Check it out. You can get an extra episode each week. We're running out of time, so I got to say goodbye. Thanks for listening. We are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Come on, Trey. Get in there with me.